You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, your host, and with me today is Dr. Michael Millis, Professor of Surgery and Chief of the Section of Transplantation at the University of Chicago. Today we'll be discussing ethical issues and changes in policy of transplant surgery in China. Thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Millis. I understand you've been to China on several occasions, and you're very much involved in this particular issue. Could you tell me something about your work there? Yes, I've been to China a number of times. I've visited probably a couple of dozen transplant centers. More recently, my work has been around a grant that I am on with the University of Chicago with three transplant centers in China including Peking Union Medical Center, which is the organizing Chinese center. Of significance is is that grant on the China end, the principal investigator is Chai-Fu Huang, who is the vice minister of health of China. And through this uh, relationship between the University of Chicago, Peking Union, and the vice minister of health, we have enacted several policy changes regarding the transplant programs in China as a first step, and hopefully there'll be many more in the future that will bring China's transplant regulation more into international standards. What are some of the changes that they're making in their changes of their policies now? The most significant policy change occurred just less than a month ago on on May 1st, in which the government announced that the number of transplant programs in China would decrease from over 600 to roughly 150. In addition, their source of organs, which are sources executed prisoners, those prisoners and the prisoner's family would have to consent in order for the prisoner to be an organ donor. And then thirdly, a significant regulation was is that they eliminated uh, the ability of transplant programs in China to transplant foreign nationals, thus eliminating China as a destination for transplant tourism. If they don't use their prisoners, which have been the major source of organ donation, Where do they hope to increase donations? This will hopefully occur through enactment of a brain death law in China, of which we are currently working with the the Chinese government to try to craft and then hopefully pass within the next year. There will be a conference I'll be attending in China regarding development of a brain death law in the fall. So the hope is, is that by establishing a brain death law and then capturing those patients, whether they're from motor vehicle accidents or or others, by utilizing that source of organs, that would far outpace the number of organs that are currently obtained from executed prisoners. Chinese people in China believe that you're alive to your last breath. They also, however, believe that the body should be buried intact. How are we going about, or how is China going about educating their population? Well, just as the United States and any other country has to come to grips with changes in medical technology, just as after the Uniform Anatomical Gift Act in the mid-60s in the United States, a significant public education system has to be put in place in order to educate the population that death occurs and that organ donation can be a gift to those of us who are still living and allow a part of that person to continue to live through the other person. It's in large part a public education issue. The centuries, obviously old uh, traditions in China, many of them are, are broken down already as the younger generation comes about and is not so wed to 
many of the traditional beliefs that older generations in China are. So it will be driven, just as most societal changes, by the younger generations seeing a different way to look at the world. You mentioned the 1968 Uniform Anatomical Gift Act, and then in 1987 we had a National Organ Transplant Act. Does China plan to have similar acts? Yes. The first step will be to develop a brain death law so that a brain death organ donation system similar to the system that we have in in the United States with local agencies identified to try to get consent from families and manage the donor and place those organs and have a an allocation system that is based on a medical criteria rather than relationships with hospitals currently. In many ways, the system in China is like the system in the United States was in regards to organ allocation when we were looking back in the in the 60s and 70s when hospitals that had a lot of donors had relationships with transplant programs. And when there was a potential donor, those donors would call the hospital. And if that hospital couldn't use that organ or you could use that donor, those organs were not utilized. And so it led to underutilization of of organs in the United States back in those days. And that's why the act that you mentioned in 1987 tried to maximize the use of those organs by a broader donor information sharing system. And China will will hopefully develop along those those lines as well that that organs are allocated in a broader system and based on medical criteria. So they probably set up something like the United Network of Organ Sharing and the Organ Procurement and Transportation Network that we now have. Yes, that's correct. So that's once again one of the areas that we're able to provide some significant uh, assistance on, give our many years of knowledge from that system to them and to perhaps even develop something that's more modern and doesn't have the same legacy in regards to historical development that some of our systems have so that it can be even even better. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Reach MDXM 233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard. My guest is Dr. Michael Millis, professor of surgery and chief of transplantation at the University of Chicago. We've been discussing ethical issues and changes in policy in transplant surgery in China. Dr. Millis, China is not the only country that's short of donors. What can we do, or what do you see us doing in this country to increase the number of donors that we so desperately need? As you point out, essentially all developed countries are dramatically short of of organs. In liver transplantation, my area of expertise, there are 17,000 people in the United States waiting for transplantation, and somewhere around just over 6,000 liver transplants are performed every year. So for the last couple of years, there's been increased emphasis on trying to increase the number of organ donors in the United States through what the government in UNOS calls the collaborative approach, in which areas that have particular best practice in in certain areas come together and communicate their best practices and let other people try to gain that knowledge and increase their organ donors as well. And this has worked. There's been a, a significant uptick in the number of organ donors in the United States in the past couple of years. Still nowhere near the total number of what's needed, but certainly an uptick after having many years of of essentially stable number of, of organ donors. Additional efforts to try to increase organ donation in Illinois, the state that, that I practice in and live in, several years ago passed what is called the first-person consent, in which the database that you sign into 
when historically you've been asked by the Secretary of State if you want to be an organ donor, is now a legally binding document. And so one doesn't need the consent of the family necessarily in order for that person who has provided first-person consent to donate their organs. And so steps like these, both public service and then internally in the transplant community, improving communication and best practices, as well as legislative initiatives, hopefully will continue to increase the number of organ donors in the United States. Certain areas in, in Europe have, have gone to the next step, and that is presumed consent, in which it is presumed that you're an organ donor unless you have specifically identified yourself as someone who does not wish to be an organ donor. And in these areas, that has significantly increased organ donation as well. Living donors seem to be doing better than deceased donors, and related and unrelated donors almost seem to be equal. We therefore are beginning to wonder, should we be looking other places or accepting organs that we previously rejected? How as a surgeon do you feel about the term or concept of accepting marginal organs? A number of issues in that question. Let me back up a little bit to the to the question initially. And you said that living donors are doing better than deceased donors. And add a couple of words there, the, the organs from living donors are doing better than deceased donors. And that is true, certainly in in kidney transplantation and in at least adult to pediatric uh, living donor liver transplantation. The data for adult-to-adult living liver donation and lung living donation is not quite as robust enough really to determine if one group is is doing better than the other, but certainly they appear to be equal, although not necessarily uh, advantageous. So certainly we need, I think, to continue all of our efforts in trying to identify living donors as a a way to uh, help take care of some of the demand for organ transplantation. When one gets into marginal or extended criteria donors, there's a whole different issue as well. When I'm trying to explain to potential recipients and explain to them the issues of expanded donor or marginal donors, I explained to them that when I got into transplantation, all of the donors were from age 15 to 30, many of them from motor vehicle accidents, otherwise in, in perfect health. And at that time, the the marginal donors were someone who is now my age, mid to late 40s, and this and that and the other. Now those are considered to be standard criteria donors, and uh, we're looking at other as other populations that are expanded donors. So it's what we term as expanded donor or marginal donors change over time. What we consider some of those that these donors that we are currently considering to be marginal or expanded with increased use and knowledge and techniques will turn into be standard criteria donors 10 years from now. And in 10 years, there'll be some other group that we, we are looking at to be termed as expanded donors. So some of those expanded donors uh, will turn out to be fine and have good graft survival, and others perhaps will not be. But the knowledge that we'll gain from that will be put in place to help our next step. The surgeon is often put in a position, though, of knowing something about an organ that might make it in our current culture marginal. Do you feel the surgeon should inform the patient, the recipient, that he might be receiving a marginal organ? What we do is try to prospectively determine which of those organs a particular recipient might be willing to accept. The discussion should not take place at the time of the organ donation in the sense that it certainly could be looked at as coercive 
as to say to the patient, we have a potential organ for you. You could come in and get it, but here are the issues. And then you're putting really the burden on the patient in the middle of the night without necessarily having time to fully understand the risks and benefits. We attempt to discuss those before an offer during our evaluation phase so that we already know which donors that a potential recipient might accept. Then, once that knowledge is is obtained, we feel that we can proceed with using that marginal organ. I want to thank Dr. Michael Millis, who's been our guest, and we've been discussing changes in ethical practices in transplant surgery in China, as well as the need to increase our donor population in the United States. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM 233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.